Hello and welcome to Imp and New... New oh, bloody hell, m- messed it up. <laughs> Great start, Imp. <laughs> oh, I had a cough all over it. Oh, it's, it's bloody brilliant. Uh, hello and welcome to... Merry Imp- Christmas, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> hello and welcome to Imp and NJPW Noob Sir Sam's Wrestle Kingdom 14 preview. The reason I mucked it up is it's a long title and it's a different title. <laughs> so I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> Uh, anyway, it's our special Boxing Day live special, a.k.a. Imp does the best to digest his Christmas food still. I'm still full. <laughs> so much to eat. I had half a plate of turkey. I'm the guy who has the turkey leg. So, And it was just it was like a Chris Hoy cyclist turkey leg. <laughs> like that, that turkey's been on a bike. It's a thick leg. <laughs> so I had half a, like half a plate <laughs> by the end of it. Thick and rangy. Tough. <laughs> <laughs> like a oh, like a man leg, like a Viking oh, leg. Wait, oh. wait, this is like show's legs from the uh, bodybuilding competition. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> follow uh, show from a Pungy Three K on Twitter. <laughs> it's, a, it's an interesting follow. You'll see a lot of flesh. Lightly, <laughs> uh, yeah, but yes, this is a preview for Wrestle Kingdom 14, which will be taking place next weekend. Cheap plug for LOP Radio's coverage for Aftershock for both Wrestle Kingdoms, because Jamman and Jeff are mad and crazy. We'll be going live, all three of us, live immediately following both Wrestle Kingdoms with Aftershocks. For me, that's a lovely lunchtime with a cup of tea, a glass of orange juice. For them, I don't know. <laughs> they're not spring Harrowing. cooking time. They're like, they're like, I'm like half their age as well, <laughs> so I've got the energy. But they're crazy. <laughs> so we'll be uh, we're going live after that with Wrestle Kingdom 14 coverage. Uh, maybe I'll get a column out, but I'm already investing so much time <laughs> doing the show and that, that. Don't hold your breath. I'll see what I can do. Anyway, today it is one week until Wrestle Kingdom 14, which feels crazy that it's that close. Only just done Christmas and it's immediately turning to Wrestle Kingdom. So I've roped in the LOP Radio, no, no, not LOP Radio's, Lords of Pains, resident Aussie, or resident Christmas Aussie, it's Sir Sam. <laughs> Hello, Imp. It's great to be here. Merry Christmas to everyone. Merry Christmas. It's a, a hot Australian Christmas here. I'm sweating in my garage while I record this with you, and half our country's on fire. But that doesn't stop me from wanting to to speak about Wrestle Kingdom because it's it's is straight after Christmas. But look, it's it's New Japan's Christmas present to wrestling fans the globe over. I feel like it's such a fun time of year. This is going to be my third Wrestle Kingdom that I'm watching live, and I'm so excited. This has come to be almost more exciting to me than Re- than WrestleMania weekend um, because of how ex- how great. Uh, Wrestle King, how great the Wrestle Kingdoms have been, how great the year's been for New Japan, and yeah, I can't wait to have a bit of a chat to you about it. And to signify that we're actually talking about it, time to switch over to the New Japan picture. Oh, how lovely. Oh, if, you do, if you're on the live stream, you'll see a picture change. Oh, I'm really good on a solo show at forgetting to do that, because <laughs> I have my like, notes oh, and up and shout outs. So do drop it. Shout outs in the uh, chat to Josh Robinson, one of my fellow Aussie 
um, wrestling commentators. I believe he he lives in Adelaide, so he'd also be sweating, sweating bullets <laughs> right now in the the thick of our our traditional Christmas heatwave. In Australia, we generally don't do the hot Christmas dinners that you have. So we've mm. been had we I don't know in my family we have seafood, so prawns. We had oysters and some some co- some cold ham. So you know once it's been obviously then smoked and cured and everything. But uh, and then just for dinner, I I've just filled up on Christmas leftovers, so I'm feeling pretty good as well. So Merry Christmas, Josh. I follow you on yes. Twitter. I know who you are. <laughs> and, mm. yeah. Good lad. Yeah, He's got a great podcast as well. He's a good follow. Yeah. We've t- turned into plugging. Whoever turns up in the comments, just plug their shows. Yep. <laughs> we're, we're very giving. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, so Wrestle Kingdom 14. Uh, next week we're going to be joined by Ray Cash, or Kayfabe Ray Cash, as <laughs> we call him on the show, uh, from Chairshot Radio to talk about Wrestle Kingdom at the peak before the show because he is a massive Naito fan and will be at his, like, sweating most. <laughs> Just like, do we trust it? <laughs> trust in Gato. We trust in Gato, right? <laughs> so, yeah, no, I will tease him. <laughs> It'll be hilarious. I'm really looking forward to that one. <laughs> and with, um, I'm trying to think, last week I had the Kiss Boys, so Keeping It Strong Styles, Jeremy Donovan, and the debuting young boy, Josh Young. Really, really enjoyed that show. So if you want to uh, check that one out as well. So last that one, that time was just kind of, Going through the card, laying it out, that is what we, uh, just the basis for us to launch off today, because today we're going to go do a bit more of like the stories of the matches that are happening, so sorry, multi-man tag matches, you're not going to be gone through today, yeah, last week's show was about them, <laughs> sorry, we had a young boy Josh who, you know, knows the legends and things, so we've covered those kind of contestants and things, today it's about the stories. And so Sam is the perfect person to rope into this, as he's currently writing his Stories of the Decade column. Um, <clears throat> do you want to quickly plug that series? Yeah, look, that's on lordsofpain.net, Stories That Defined a Decade. So I've been writing giant columns. They're ridiculous-sized, um, <laughs> but they're a lot of fun. Looking back at the biggest stories of the decade, so far I've done CM Punk Drops a Pipe Bomb, um, Rock vs. Cena, Twice in a Lifetime, Daniel Bryan, Just Say Yes, and I've just finished one this afternoon, which will go out tomorrow, called The Shield Rides. And then next week, if I write quickly enough and watch quickly enough, I will have, just in time for Wrestle Kingdom, uh, the Ace versus the Rainmaker. So, yeah, there's a. have got a few more to go still. I'm tossing up doing a broken Matt Hardy column, which would be a lot of fun, uh, and also looking at women's wrestling, looking at the elite and what the amazing things they've done in the later half of the decade. Uh, yeah, but check that out on lordsofpain.net. Uh, it's a kind of looking back at the biggest things and remembering them and looking at back at the impact that they had uh, and celebrating them as well, because the majority, are, it's, it's all looking at things really positively for the majority of it, celebrating the great things that happened over the last decade in wrestling. <laughs> so, yeah, I uh, highly recommend reading his series as a person who, you know, doesn't know how to keep a short column short himself. <laughs> so it's a, a really deep dive into all of the uh, stories over the past decade. Uh, yeah, look, I sit down with a cup of tea. They're good ones to sit down with a cup yeah. of tea and kind of get lost in. They're not. They're, it, it's not hot takes. It's not um, looking at clickbait. It's it's really looking to, to celebrate and, and get in-depth on it. Uh, and why not, as a companion piece, read my story of Hiroshi Tanahashi from last year, which I promised I'd be turning into a book. It's 
quite a long process, especially when I'm really bad at time figuring out. <laughs> so, hey, look, if... we're, it's Christmas holidays. We've all got days off. We can just spend the whole day reading our columns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm personally taking a like the Christmas and the holidays off from writing uh, with my 4,000 word covering everything. <laughs> from the from the, over the week, if you've watched Raw and SmackDown, I feel like I have earned my time off, <laughs> just yes, to take indeed. a step back and not watch anything and not have to write about their storylines. <laughs> it's like oh, it's nice and happy. Oh, I can stay away from everything. Oh, and the AW NXT Twitter wars, yeah, it's it's not a thing. I don't have oh, to engage in it. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm sick of that. Let's talk about New Japan. Oh, New actually, Japan. before we go, oh. last plug, oh. last plug, um, <laughs> we will just keep an eye, if you are on the lordsofpain.net website, keep an eye on the column section. Um, we will actually be de- debuting some new columnists in the, the near future. Uh, so keep an eye on there for some young, hungry up-and-comers who are chomping at the bit to go. <laughs> <laughs> and there is actually one more plug to do. Jesus Christ. <laughs> we'll get to oh, the show eventually. Uh, the end-of-year awards are currently taking place on Lords of Pain. So Sam made them oh, himself. Oh, yes. So I spent ages putting that together. Loads of effort. Applause to Sam. Uh, they Those award votings close on the 3rd of January, so there's still like a full week yet to vote. So if you want to head over there, there's a permanent link on the column section. So like any post you click on, the link will be on the top right. <laughs> so if you want to, unless you've got ad blocker turned off, like <laughs> then it would be an advert. So don't, don't click on, well, you can't actually do it. I'm not going to encourage people to click on the adverts. <laughs> what am I doing? So, yeah, click on the top thing in the columns, <laughs> and that'll be a link to the end-of-year awards uh, if you go and yep. vote in there as well. That's just time to put loads of effort to make that nice and easy and streamlined uh, every single year, making it just a little bit easier to fill out, which is uh, awesome to see. Now it's an improved every year. Yeah, and end of decade as well, and, and even though there's been hundreds and hundreds of responses so far, we've got some that are still on a knife's edge. I was just confiding to Imp that the... Uh, the promotion of the year. So, obviously, that's going to come down to WWE versus AEW. I don't think that's a spoiler. At the moment, there's literally two votes in that, uh, and that has swung back and forth the whole time that that's been there. There's a lot of categories that are still a lot able to be done, including the of the decade awards. The wrestler of the decade is a long way from being decided, and particularly with match of the decade, the, the place that things like fourth, fifth, and fifth, third placings have got about 10 matches that are all contending for it so uh yeah if you get make sure you get your vote in because every vote is counting it's a tight one oh. so we're going to talk about none of those promotions <laughs> it's new japan <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, also uh, the title says new japan new Sam. he just called himself that when we did our very first kind of column covering it it was his first year kind of uh, watching the promotion, so he's still learning the ropes, and I was somebody who watched for a few years at that point, so I was the expert as Sir Sam smashes a cup. <laughs> I was the expert as Sir Sam was the noob, and the neighbour's now stuck. He's a noob forever. <laughs> so, <laughs> even though he's followed all of the stories now for oh, a little while, for a couple of years, he's still a noob. <laughs> so, the, so, we're first going to go down, I guess, in importance as we're taking it. Um, well, I say important. If we've got LIGO as our final topic, to end on a high uh, with the Wrestle Kingdom, a nice little message for like goodbye LIGO, or whatever. Uh, but we're going to go down in like the major importance for the rest of the card. So, first off, the IC slash Heavyweight Championship, I guess, mini tournament with the winners face each other on January 5th. First off, it's Naito versus Jay White and Okada versus Ibushi. Uh, we have come, we're currently penning a predictions column with the Kiss Boys, so uh, to kind of figure out who we reckon is going to win. 
I don't know if it's a general consensus, but for I don't know if it's the third or fourth year in a row, it's Naito's time. <laughs> Surely this year, <laughs> my voice breaks as I say it. <laughs> it's that Engado we trust, and surely this is the one. <laughs> when uh, Naito lost to Okada all those years ago, this those who trust Engado, we were saying, just wait, his time will come. He's lost, he's going to build up that momentum and come back again and not make that same mistake he made last time. Trying to prove that the uh, the Shuyaku, the lead actor version of the um, of, of the Tetsuya Naito, speaking weirdly, of Tetsuya Naito, uh, that version wasn't a failure, that he really was <laughs> that great and that what that's kind of what led him to lose the match in the end. It, it I mean, to, to take it back for those who haven't who who are just jumping into new japan to take this story back it goes it, it goes back a long way and this is why everyone is so for naito because this situation seems so perfectly set up given his character arc so for those who who don't know naito um was a, an amazing high flyer when he came through the ranks in new japan and he he slowly built built through uh, and he was his nickname was the Stardust Genius. Um, he was, uh, you know, very much a traditional babyface. Um, and he won the G1 um, that was leading into Wrestle Kingdom 8. So he run, won the right to take on the IWGP champion in the main event. But in the lead-up to that, somehow he went off the boil. Uh, it's not entirely sure how, but when you watch these matches... You could see in his eyes, and particularly I've rewatched a, a few of the Stardust Genius matches I- in that period. You can see in his eyes he is overthinking it, and he is in a situation where he is he's overawed himself, uh, and the crowd sensed that. The crowd like kind of noticed that this guy doesn't doesn't belong, and then then it became a feedback loop of the crowd feeling like this guy doesn't belong and that fed into Naito's own insecurities um, and in, in being unable to not being able to meet the crowd's expectations uh, and by the time it came it got towards Wrestle Kingdom New Japan also lost confidence in in Naito because of what was happening and let the crowd vote if his match with Kazuchika Okada, who was a new champion at the time, so not the Okada of today, but an Okada who was still very much coming into being the top guy of, of New Japan, whether he, the Naito-Okada match would main event, or if the intercontinental match between two absolute legends, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Shinsuke Nakamura, would main event, and the crowd voted for the intercontinental title to usurp the IWGP title, and the blame was not thrown on Okada. It was absolutely 100% thrown on Naito. And when he walks in to that Wrestle Kingdom 8 match, you can see the disappointment in his eyes at what's happened. Um, He's a guy who lost himself and got lost in the situation and overthought everything. uh, And because of that, he failed in that situation. He had to leave New Japan to find himself. And he came back um, having been sort of rejected and, and but but reveled in the rejection that he got in the Mexican um, the Mexican promotion he was in in CMLL he came back and rejected everything everyone that had rejected him he rejected the crowd he refused to play up to them like he had before he he rejected the company and when he won the Intercontinental Championship he destroyed the thing he he took revenge on it and um, he's now as as you said at Wrestle Kingdom um, 
Wrestle Kingdom 12, he was in the main event, and people thought that that would be his time. But once again, he overthought things. He he wanted to play up to the crowd. He wanted to prove he wasn't a failure, uh, and he failed. But now he has another chance, and he comes in with absolutely nothing to lose. Uh, and, and there's this chance that he will. And uh, I, I feel like Naito, the parallel that I've drawn is there's, a, there's an Australian fast bowler called... Um, Mitchell Stark. Uh, I'm not sure how who follows cricket out there, but he's a really great bowler. But he sometimes gets stuck in his own head, and he actually has a mantra written on a on his wrist tape that says F I J B F, um, which people ask what it says, and it stands for fuck it, just bowl fast, um, <laughs> which is basically him, him saying stop thinking about this, don't overthink it, just go with your instinct. Don't try and please anyone else. Just do what you're good at. And that's what Naito needs to do right now. And the reason this is so perfect for him is because it gives him a chance to win that IC championship that so dogged him and so destroyed him years and years ago and also claim the position as the number one guy in in wrestle in New Japan um, at the same time and combine those two things and and really properly move on from what happened. And this is kind of uh, the really, really good kind of, uh, I guess, the Gato building where the mm. person he has to get past first is Jay White, like the modern day Rainmaker support of Gato, launching mm. him to the moon. The exact opposite of Naito, somebody who made it to that peak from the beginning against Tanahashi, a major stage, and then he beat Okada at Wrestle Kingdom last year. Like, he's already done the thing that Naito's not been able to do. Mm. And to sold out to Madison Square Garden. Yeah, he sold out Madison totally Square Garden. Totally undaunted by the <laughs> yeah. by getting thrust into the stage, into the yes. biggest stage. And Naito has got to match him in that to get past him. He cannot get past JY if the stage engrosses and covers him once again. He won't be able to get past it. So he has to essentially defeat that demon to even get to Okada this time. I love that story. Mm. <laughs> and he's shown it before. Oh. That he, he's done it against Tanahashi. He's done it against Jericho. Naito can do it, so he can rise to the occasion. Of course, he's got to beat Jay White, who is he is the story of rising to that high level, having already beat Okada at Wrestle Kingdom. This year, can Naito rise to Jay White and topple him to even get to Okada and then still stay in his head? Um, I am talking as if Okada's definitely winning, but that's because I'm with everybody else with that long-term story. It's the double weekend. Surely they're going to do their biggest match with their two biggest stars. It makes a lot of sense. The first show of the Rewa era as well. That really properly put your two biggest stars on that stage. That's what I'm expecting them to do. But it does mm. the story of it. Yeah, and it is this is a path for Naito. Yeah, and and Naito versus Okada is a match that hasn't happened since Wrestle Kingdom 12. Mm. Uh, and whereas Naito and Ibushi wrestled, f- I think, four times last year. So, you, you really... <laughs> I, I, I mean, that's why, in just about... I think in our prediction column, I don't think it's a, it's a secret that everyone's going to be predicting Naito to win both nights because this seems such, like such a perfect setup for him. I mean, there's certainly... For Okada, if Okada was to win, it certainly shows and... and stamps his dominance on the era and he's already the dominant wrestler but it sort of stamps that together if if it was Kota Ibushi who was going to win he's you know he's the the next rising face of the company it seems uh and if 
Jay White was to win. It's kind of a fulfilment of where he's been headed the last two years. But you know, it, it with Naito, it just seems so such a perfect result. And traditionally, you know, if if we have our WWE mind head headspace on, <laughs> we're kind of like, well, someone's gonna, you know, Stoke Cold Austin's going to turn heel or <laughs> like or, or Shinsuke Nakamura is going to turn heel or something like something's going to happen that's going to swerve but that doesn't that's not that doesn't tend to be the way that New Japan work they might extend something out for so for example the Tanahashi um, Okada feud when Okada was trying to usurp Tanahashi as the ace of the company that there were there were false finishes to that that with where people thought that it was going to be Okada's time to to finally usurp Tanahashi and beat him at the Tokyo Dome at Wrestle Kingdom, uh, but it didn't happen at the time. So Wrestle Kingdom Nine being the the big example, um, and, and that seems to be what they've done with this one with Naito in not having him win at Wrestle Kingdom Twelve. But uh, it just it's perfect. It's I also think it's probably you're starting to stretch it a little bit too far if they were to put... It's now or never, really, with Naito for this, to have this fulfilment and have him really be stamped as the who he is and, and be asserted in who he is. He is the... He is one of the biggest... He's the most popular wrestler over there. He constantly wins those polls, and this is the time for them to crown him as that at the biggest stage with the biggest championship accolade that they've ever had. Which is the only counterpoint, uh, which was uh, brought up by uh, young boy Josh last week. The only counterpoint is if you look at the long, if you look at long term storyline, it makes all the sense in the world for Okada versus Naito. If you look short term, Naito hasn't had that good a year for him to like in terms of him actually being a contender for the IC title. Never mind the heavyweight title is a mm. bit of a stretch. Aside from the fact he's Naito, he's the number two in the promotion. For me, that that is the reason why he's got his spot in this tournament. It's kind of the top four guys rather than the guys who've had the best years, for example. But yeah, short term, in terms of like the more sporty environment of New Japan, Naito's not actually had that good a year. So in terms of like building momentum going into Wrestle Kingdom, he is kind of in the background a little bit. He isn't like out of all four of them. He's probably got the least momentum, but he's Naito. You, you say that, <laughs> so. but he was still he was still. <laughs> in the final the the semi-finals of the G1 so this is the same four that were in the finals of the G1 and everyone's Ooh. expecting the opposite result funnily enough um, <laughs> of um, <laughs> Naito beating Jay White and Okada beating Ibushi which is the opposite that happened in the G1 but and he has he was an IC title holder but you're right you're not wrong I just think I think that's under underselling his year a little bit he hasn't Hasn't had his greatest year ever, for sure. But it's not been a complete lost cause. And it's a fantastic example of why you think so. have to think so differently in New Japan. Like, obviously, I'm looking at it when I say that. That's my America eyes. That's my Western views, my Western glasses for WWE. You kind of have to watch that show short term, because that's what you've been conditioned to do. Because if you watch it long term, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but short term, sometimes it makes sense. <laughs> so you have to watch it short term. So it's completely different with New Japan. Their stories and arcs will last entire careers. Never mind a couple of years or one year arc. No, we're talking entire careers. Like a Tanahashi Okada, 
like that was that story spanned pretty much Okada's like first half of his career. Maybe he might go to his eighty. Well, he's only he's only like thirty something. He's got another mm. decade in him, <laughs> Okada, which is mental <laughs> to think about. Uh, minimum, by the way, if if he rests in his forties, another decade out of him, he could juice and thunder Liger it forever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the point. Tanahashi Okada lasted for that first like third or half of his career. So that was a when we say the stories last a while, we don't mean like a year or so. We mean years. And Naito Okada is one of those stories. Uh, Twenty fourteen Wrestle Kingdom was I think their first match. I think that was a year for it. And mm. it's now twenty. Well, they had their 20. first championship match in twenty twelve. Oh, I might. Oh, of course, that was just a cha- in Okada's first first ever uh, reign. Yeah. Yeah, so their proper story actually starts all the way back in 2012. <laughs> uh, to be fair, that Okada reign is really good. It's one of his shorter ones. Just goes to mm. Dominion, I think, was when Tanahashi won it back. Yep. So it's uh, it's their kind of first meeting. Like this day, this, these are the two stars for the future. Was essentially the message that the new owner was sending sending at the time. Mm. But it was at 2014 where that vision really came into play. At, in 2014, and then far no six years later in 2020, you're seeing it at its peak. Well, really, even at the last Wrestle Kingdom, where they faced each other, they felt like megastars. As in, that felt like The Rock versus Steve Austin. As my voice mm. goes away, because it feels so much like The Rock Steve Austin. <laughs> it's not because I drank a lot of cider yesterday. <coughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was a. They felt like mega stars in the entrances. Like seriously, if you've got New Japan World or you've, you've joined afterwards, you don't, like not even watch the match because I know it's Christmas period. You might not have loads of time. It goes. If you've got family. I'll just quickly jump in there. If you are going to get New Japan World, <clears throat> consider waiting until the first because uh, yes. they bill on the first no matter what. Anyway, keep going, Amp. Yes, yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I did. I highly recommend. Just wait. It, it's not just a New Japan thing. That's a Japan thing. Uh, like it makes it's really easy to know when payments have been made. Because they all seem to happen <laughs> at the one time. It's like, oh, that actually simplifies like everything <laughs> in terms of business. That's really easy to track. That's awesome. Yeah. That won't happen over here. We're too dis- We've got the. We got. I got bigger problems. I'm English. We've got Brexit. <laughs> are, we, are, we, are we even going to be floating this time next year? <laughs> We've got bigger problems. Uh, but yeah, so uh, they felt like mega stars in that match. Uh, just that uh, it was uh, awesome entrances. This year, I'm really interested to see how it feels. Um, mostly because that this is the moment to push Naito or never. Like after this, you can't do another one. I mean, it's Gado. In Gado, we trust. <laughs> but that's yeah, kind of why <laughs> we love you. You've you've created a great a great story. You just got to land that plane now. You just got to land it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to be breathing in the switchblade, and everyone's going to enjoy it, <laughs> whether you like it or not. <laughs> Oh, goodness oh. me, let's hope not. There'll be some LIJ stands leaving oh. New Japan if that happens. My goodness. If he loses on the first night, doesn't even get yeah. to the... Imagine that. Doesn't even get through to the... <laughs> he ends up in the losers match. Yeah, he can be first... He can be number one contender, Naito, just for a change. Oh, my he, God. And here we were telling fans to keep calm and trusting Gator for years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're all wrong <laughs> uh, but yeah so uh, surely that's going to be the match for it uh, JY it, we've already talked about his story a little bit he is that guy who's had the perfect run essentially like that amazing rookie I guess two year mm. two three year span uh, just an incredible kind of run from him so far 
Uh, this feels like it's going to be bumping up against the ceiling a little bit. But this is my hopes. We've just joked about him possibly winning. No, <laughs> his story makes sense for him to lose here. It's perfectly fine. Ibushi is the one I'm the most questionable about. Because his story, because it's kind of been so in and out of New Japan, he's fine. He's only just this year, I think it was, signed that, or it was last year, I can't remember. He's only just signed his contract to be there long term. So now he starts to properly get his story arc. So he's the only one where you don't really know what's going to happen after Wrestle Kingdom, were he to lose or win or whatever. Just because we don't really know what his arc is. Like he's, We've got the little story of him losing to Tanahashi last year. He wasn't, wasn't able to step it up when the ace truly stepped it up. Uh, this year, he was able to do that and he overcame Jay White to win the G1 Climax. But can he overcome Okada at Wrestle Kingdom? A lot of people are predicting no. But this is his first time actually in a main event on January 4th. He's been close. He faced Nakamura in the set. Well, it was, they called it a double main event, but come on. <laughs> There's only one main event. <laughs> he was he was penultimate match of the night. Amazing match, but still the penultimate one. So Ibushi has never main evented Vessel Kingdom. This time, this is where he finally does it. And in terms of like a long-term New Japan story, it makes sense to kind of copy what they did with the G1 Climax. At, at minimum, I guess, because we don't know where it could go afterwards. But the first time, he puts in a great show, but when it comes to that point to truly step up, the person who's been on that stage before can do it better than him. But next time, when he's got the experience, and we've not seen Naito Ibushi for a little while, and Naito's holding on to the title for a full year, <laughs> maybe then it makes sense for him to uh, go again. He won't win the G1 Climax again next year. Gator likes to mix it up. But yeah... Ibushi's the only wild card, which is now a word we're not allowed to say in wrestling. Thanks, WWE. <laughs> but he's he's the only wild card in this mix because we don't know what's going to happen after Wrestle Kingdom. So him losing feels a bit more kind of like, oh, but what does he do afterwards? New Japan are normally pretty good at the wrestler is lost kind of angles so they have to find themselves again. But he's the only one where, what's his story after Wrestle Kingdom? It's kind of in the air. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you with Ibushi there. He, you know, Carter lost his first title match at the Dome. Naito lost his first and second main event title match at the Dome. Uh, Jay White hasn't had a title match at the Dome yet, but he lost to Tanahashi in his first match at the Dome. Uh, it's, for Ibushi, he would be the most, if I was going to rank in who, who I would pick as most likely to win, he would probably be second. Um, closely followed by Okada, uh, but I don't see them doing a final of the, of a match that they've done. Yeah, look, <laughs> you, it's, you call it predictable almost that Naito's going to win. Is that a criticism you could level at it? But, like, I don't know. For me, could you say, could you level it a criticism at Avengers Endgame, knowing that, you know, Thanos was going to be defeated? Of course he was going to be defeated at Avengers Endgame. It's the story of how do you get there. Like, it's the, the highs and lows of the matches that, is where the fun's going to be. And because New Japan put on such great matches, it is actually, you know, the fact that the ending might be predictable is not, you know, it's not the end of the world. It's they will take you on a roller coaster regardless and make you forget that you, you know, that Naito is supposedly predictable. It's because I've, I've seen it sometimes with like friends and family 
where they'll go, oh, that was blatantly going to happen. And I'm just sitting there going, that's because they foreshadowed it. <laughs> they told you it was going to happen, and then it happened. <laughs> it's, it's a very good movie technique to tell you something's going to happen before it happens, but you don't know you're being told it. It's just like with little things in the atmosphere. Mm. Somebody does a look or something like that, or you see a sign, like a literal sign sometimes, <laughs> but it's in the background. Mm. You're not really paying attention, but it's enough to tell you something might happen. New Japan, the Gato takes it on board. He'll essentially paint the picture and then he just has to put that final note on it rather than, ha, swerve! Like, no. <laughs> New Japan aren't like that. They don't do these massive mm. swerve angles. The only surprise you'll get is something kind of like Shibata, where we'll talk about that later, but just that like, surprise appearance kind of thing. That's well, and it will still be game. deeply rooted in what's going on. So, for mm. example, last year it was a surprise when the firing squad attacked the that, elite. Yeah. Um or the the Bullet Club, I guess it was the two parts of the Bullet Club. The mm. they were called the fight. They called themselves the Firing Squad at the time, but the the Bullet Club OGs they attacked the Elite, and that was a, a surprise when it happened. But you look back on it, and you're like, oh my god, how did I not see this was going to happen? Of course it was. <laughs> they were building up to it, and same with Shibata. We'll get into mm. Shibata and Kenta and Goto, and like their what's happened in there makes actually makes sense, yeah. even though it was a surprise when it all happened. It's a they play the notes, but the question is, do you realise that the, there's actually a full song here? It's yeah. the kind of... Uh, to think, try and think of a metaphor on the spot. <laughs> That's what I've come up with. <laughs> so it's... Yeah. You, you realise that there was that song the whole time, but you don't realise it until the final beat kind of thing. This time, this story has been playing out for so many years that really it feels like, yeah, I've spotted it here. you just got to nail that final chorus... Do the key change. <laughs> Naito wins glorious. <laughs> <laughs> Just absolutely nail that key change. Australia are in Eurovision now. They know about key changes. <laughs> they can all do that. <laughs> so it's, um, yeah, it's got, it's surely got to be Naito. Now, we've not really talked about Okada's story, but he's been talked about so much. Can I feel like we don't really need to go into Okada unless you want to just a little bit to sign off this section? Oh, I mean, what's there to say? He's the he's the number one guy in the company, clearly. And he, if he was to win it, I mean, I don't think anyone would be surprised. It'd probably be like, lol, Okada wins. Because, <laughs> of course, he does. I mean, and he's almost been a bit contemptuous of this whole thing when it comes to winning the... Whereas Naito actually has a storyline reason for wanting to win the IC title, Okada's kind of... Like, pff, I don't really care about your IC title. I'm the world. I'm the world heavyweight champion, bitch. <laughs> like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about your second, your second place prize there. I'm, I'm the number one. Um, you know, but he will. I mean, he'll still do that because he wants to maintain that status as being number one, which he he fought, he fought and cried. Like he gave everything to get to that point. Um, and his own story to get there was absolutely emotional and riveting uh and if he was to if he was to win it then yeah it's just another notch on his belt um as solidifying him amongst the greats so it would yeah it would not be it would not be out of the question for him to win um but i don't i don't really think he needs it to be honest yeah i mean the only thing that's in my head a little bit is oh but he is carrying the olympic torch <laughs> <laughs> like literally <laughs> he's carrying the torch for japan <laughs> this this year <laughs> so it's like oh do they keep do they suddenly it's like oh if this was wwe that's a massive reason to keep the title on him but he can always win it back 
Like, it's Okada. Yeah. <laughs> like, if he wants to win it back just in time to have the title on him when he t- carries the torch, then, yeah, uh, I'd be fine with that, <laughs> I guess, in terms of the bigger picture. Uh, but this is not that America type of thing. The New Japan will keep their own stories in mind. And Okada's such a big star, he doesn't need to have the title like physically around him to know that he's a champion. <laughs> it's, all in, it's all in the mind and the spirit, Kazu. <laughs> You're champion to all of us. Uh, but, yeah... So that's the only thing in my head, like outside circumstances. Yeah, he is literally carrying the torch of Japan this year. <laughs> so, like, ah, uh, could that change things a little bit? I think is not really necessary. Yeah, I hope it doesn't as well. Like the outside influences is kind of what sours a little bit on WWE. I'd really hate for it to seep into the promotion where I bang on about that not happening. <laughs> like, I really hope uh, that they stick with the story that they've been writing for years. And yeah, it's not their yeah, fault. I don't fault. need, I don't need a- no. Uh... I don't need no WrestleMania, WrestleMania 34 endings where Brock Lesnar has to win the championship so he can defend it in Saudi Arabia. Yes. <laughs> they did it again this year with Kofi. Like That was like oh, the only reason. Bloody hell. <laughs> bloody hell. <laughs> the worst storyline uh, slash arcs of the year, or kind of like <laughs> the stuff that they've done, those categories are so full, it's so difficult. <laughs> like, Do you pick Kofi or the wild card or... The oh, Roman thing with who who attacked Roman Reigns? Like, which one do you choose? <laughs> it's so it's so difficult. Uh, but yeah, hopefully we don't get that scenario, and it is just uh, the story we've told. Stick with it. They've been telling it for years. Just go with that. It's it's not predictable. It's the story they've told. As as I was saying, Avengers Endgame. What didn't suddenly get crap reviews because people said it was predictable. No, they've done like a decade of building to this. Of course you could see what was going to happen because that's the story they've been telling for a decade. <laughs> They're not going to swerve you last minute because, lol, more movies, please. Like, no. Yeah, we want, we... A, we want Avengers Endgame here, not no Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> Pull, oh. Suddenly the Emperor comes back. No, thank you. I don't <laughs> want Shitsuke Nakamura or Yuji Nagata coming back and winning this. <laughs> <laughs> Just in his ear. Do it. Do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> oh, I was about to do a Vice Skywalker quote, but no. Oh, no spoilers, I'll be kind. <laughs> that, that wasn't a Skywalker quote. That was Avenger uh, the Jedi, it's called, isn't it? Return of the Jedi. What's episode I, six I think, called? I think they had that in the trailer, so I'm, oh, I don't okay, think yeah. I'm spoiling anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, they, all the promotion has been about the Emperor. <laughs> like, all of it. I actually, I actually like the movie, honestly. But let's face it, Avengers. We want, we want the good one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we want the really it? good one. The one that, the one that everyone goes, "Holy crap! I've never seen something so good." <laughs> but it's literally the like, perfect comparison, just because uh, both in the same world of Disney. So this one's the same world of wrestling. <laughs> but we're comparing the one that's been written over the course of this decade compared to the one that was literally written as it was made, and they had no idea where oh. the next bit was going to go as they wrote it. So it, <laughs> it's, it's crazy to know that now. <laughs> that they wrote the first one having no idea where it was going. Well, that explains a lot. Oh. <laughs> but that, that's a perfect comparison of WWE to New Japan. One's been building over a decade. One is really doing what they did for Star Wars. They're just writing it as they're going along. No real massive plan. The longest you're talking about is two WrestleMania. I'm not even sure this year they had anything like that because week to week it was very questionable over the summer. It's not. It's better now, but I'm talking about having actual consistency and the shows being watchable and followable from week to week. They're at a point now where that makes sense. So, 
congratulations, you're hitting <laughs> basic storytelling <laughs> notes. Well done. <laughs> I'm not going to congratulate that, but well done for finding your base again. But New Japan, <laughs> it's a story told over a decade. So that's where kind of this brings us now. I can't call it predictable just because they've uh, they foretold it. This is the story you're being told. We're going to tell you that story. We're not going to swerve you or cheap you out or anything like that. You've become invested. The Fiend wins in New Japan in that head in the cell. Even if he's concussed, they'll find a way. <laughs> like, no, they don't swerve you for a sense of keeping something going. Like, no, this is the story we've been telling you. We'll keep it going. And normally with Naito last time, the reason with him losing was they weren't telling the story you thought they were. This time, I feel confident enough <laughs> to say for the third or fourth year in a row that this is Naito's year. <laughs> I'm confident this is the busting out the Phoenix Splash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is actually perfect um, for him to... I'd say don't do it against Jay White, but against Okada. Go to that top rope and feel how nervous <laughs> everybody gets. <laughs> like, oh no, he's doing it again. <laughs> Oh, I feel like that's a that's a shoo-in to happen. <laughs> just for him to go for the Phoenix Splash, just to make everybody nervous. Like, thanks, Naito. Thanks, Gato. <laughs> just make him just super nervous <laughs> right at the end. Oh. I'll, I'll close on this. He Hopefully this is the last chapter of this story mm. um, that we've talked about because it's such a cool story if it happens. Um, but <clears throat> during those matches, they will make you forget. Um, they will make you get down on your knees and pray to Gato that... He is chosen for Naito to win. Especially, there's going to be shenanigans galore in this Jay White match. He's going to have every member of Bullet Club. AJ Styles is going to come out and hit a hit a Styles clash on Naito, <laughs> um, and then and then in the main in the main event, he's going to get hit by Rainmaker after Rainmaker, um, and he's going to have to give it everything he's got to to win this. It's going to be a great a great. I'm really looking forward to these the, this series of matches. Right, so before we went live, we were like, oh, Sam was asking, oh, how long do you want to go? I was like, ah, oh, 90 minutes, we'll keep, that seems like fine, we've got like 10 minutes per match type of thing. And so Sam was just joking that, oh, oh look at us, we'll be halfway through and we only talked about one segment. Well, here we are! Yeah, smash cut, <laughs> but I actually said 8.45 as the... <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is it's 8.44, that was an incredible guess. <laughs> well done. So, we'll see how quickly we get... These matches we won't talk anywhere near as much about. We've technically talked about three or four matches with the uh, losers match and this whatever. So I'll take that as a win. <laughs> We've talked about four matches in 40 minutes. Well, that counts as fitting our 10 minutes per thing plan. That's fine. <laughs> we'll see how the rest of it goes. Uh, so uh, tell us what you think about uh, Okada, Naito, Jay White, Bushi, or whatever. Again, next week I've got Ray Cash, who's a mega Naito fan, as you just heard us talking about. Yep, that's going to be a tense show. <laughs> That'll be fun. <laughs> So, next up, in terms of like the our random order that we figured out, uh, the juniors, uh, Will Ospreay versus the returning Hiromu Takahashi. Uh, me, personally, a massive Hiromu fan. Uh, I, I first got exposed to him when he was under his CMLL name. Can't remember what it was. But he faced uh, Dragon Lee on a random ROH show. And I was like, damn, they're really good. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, then I learned about their match on Fantastic Mania, which was also really, really good. Weird to think Hiromu was bold at that point, or just very short-haired, just because he'd lost a stipulation match, I think, in Mexico. So he had short hair as he was facing um, Dragon Lee. Uh, but yeah, awesome. Actually, funnily awesome enough, match. if you go back to the uh, Wrestle Kingdom 8 match between Okada, Wrestle Kingdom 8? Yeah, between Okada mm. and Naito, you will see a uh, bald young lion, Hiromu, just yeah. tending to the ringside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
No, well, that's because um, Hiromu was struggling as a young lion, like it just wasn't really clicking for him. Then Naito extended a hand and helped him out. Suddenly, he, with his guidance, he started to really learn and do much, much better. And he, his, things started to click under Naito's guidance. So when he returned, Naito offered that hand again with LIJ. Which is like, oh, it ties into the Young Lions yeah, stuff. Yeah, wow. Oh, I love that. Oh. <laughs> That's great. But yeah, so um, Hiromu now, he returns. I feel like it's as a megastar. But it's, it's, the story mm. is quite interesting with him. When he got injured... He was. He had just got the rocket ship attached to him, as in we are going to make you the face of the junior division. And that night he breaks his neck, which is like oh, just awful timing, obviously, and of course awful injury. The fact he's wrestling at all now is kind of crazy to think about when you think of how like how well, I was going to say harrowing, but it was uh, not a good injury at all. So he's been out for quite a while, but Hiromu... Is not a sane person. <laughs> he is an interesting man, I <laughs> think to say the least. <laughs> On his returning night, the way that he essentially did a promo against Osprey was to run back and forth into the barricades and then upside down ask for the microphone. <laughs> Just like, I'd like a match, please. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> so, you are an interesting fellow, Hiromu. <laughs> I also completely forgot that in the past, these two are the kind of like risers to the top of the junior division. Uh, these two have faced off in the past, and their storyline that time was Hiromu calling Osprey a cat. So it's elevated a little bit <laughs> past the, you're a cat, Will. No, I'm not I'm not a cat. Stop calling me a cat. You are a cat. <laughs> I'm not a cat. <laughs> and it's all about Osprey embracing. He is a cat. <laughs> and they became friends by the end of it. It was an interesting storyline, if you could call it that. <laughs> but this time... Uh, that's in the background a little bit with Hiromu teasing with Osprey a little bit, but Osprey, he's risen so far above it that he's like, ah, yes, good memories, rather than, I'm not a cat! <laughs> no, he's embraced it. With Osprey, is a cat, and he knows it, <laughs> and it's part of him now. So, this time, the other side of the story, I think I'll let Sir Sam tell the other side, Will Osprey, he is just a little bit higher up the pecking order than when Hiromu got injured. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, there's all that sort of kind of quirky Hiromu stuff going on there. <laughs> but the the facts are, Will Ospreay has... Hiromu broke his neck, and they plugged Will Ospreay into his position, um, ultimately. They, Kushida sort of, and, and Taiji Ishimori sort of carried things for the rest of last year. But from the, the start of this year, Will Ospreay has taken the junior title and the junior division to new levels. Um, <clears throat> new levels that... Are better, that are higher than Hiromu Everleach. Hiromu never wrestled in the G1. He never beat heavyweights. Um, he And when Hiromu came back, in his first match back, not only did he not win, get, not only did he not beat Will Ospreay in the first match back, he lost to Robbie Eagles. Um, that's Will Ospreay's tag team partner. That's a guy that Will Ospreay handily defeated. Um, so what that says is, Will Os- the level of the playing field now is something that has risen all around. Not just Will Ospreay, but Will Ospreay has pulled, you know, the, the a rising tide lifts all ships. He has pulled the rest of the junior division up higher as well. And now not only is it the champion that's potentially better than Hiromu and that Hiromu's struggling to beat, it's the contenders as well um, that are around. So Robbie Eagles... Yeah, he's a guy, he's had a great year, but he's by no means a massive star in that company. He's not even the number one junior in his in his faction. 
um, and he beat Hiromu cleanly in the middle of the ring. Uh, it was a tag match, but and it was Hiromu's first match back, but that says something. It says a lot. Uh, and I looked at a, an interview with Hiromu, and when he was injured, he thought he was done. Um, he he's immediate. He says, um, "I felt I felt like I shouldn't ever forget it." This is when he broke his neck straight away. Um, some part of me shouldn't move on from that. The moment it happened, I thought, "Oh man, I'm done wrestling." For a moment, I was paralyzed there, and I was thinking, "Well, that's it." This is a guy who's had that experience, and he came back, and he looked like he was completely back. Um, he looked like he was going with no fear, and he, you know, he ran into the barricades and everything. But he hasn't had a one-on-one match with freaking Will Osprey, um, who is a guy who um, also <laughs> wrestled with a broken freaking neck, <laughs> um, and and who is has is coming off one of the greatest years in wrestling, not just for juniors, but for any any heavyweights, juniors, whoever. He's coming off one of the great years, um, and so. For a guy who is coming back from such a horrendous low, um, it's a massive mountain that he has to climb against Will Ospreay. And not forgetting the other part of this, which I guess is Hiromu's spot within LIJ. Like, Naito would never let the Hiromu's spot kind of fade away. But in his time gone, a different junior rose to the top in Shingo. And he was up there with Will Ospreay. When Will Ospreay was having those incredible matches... Like the best one for me personally was against Shingo in the Best of Super Juniors final. Like that's my match of the year. I uh, I love that match so damn much. But it was Shingo who, who got that opportunity, who got that spot. Now Hiromu's returned. Suddenly Shingo's in tag team matches. Not, he doesn't have a single match at all at Wrestle Kingdom compared to Hiromu who returned and got the opportunity. I'm just I am leaning on his Dragon Gate past, but. Heel Shingo is screaming at me right now. <laughs> He's just like... Oh my goodness. Mm. As in just The way that... he wrestles will be so mm. good as a heel. Like, highly recommend if, if, like, search out his Dragon Gate stuff. He is... Uh, there's, yeah. There's a reason he came in with quite a reaction by the Japanese fans uh, when in his debut last year. Like, yeah, he's got a reputation. But him in LIJ is a very, very good fit as we've seen, but... It also makes sense that he won't like having his spot taken away from him from somebody who hadn't who hasn't won a single match at all all year when Shingo had such a hot streak, had such a hot match, had a fantastic G1 climax against the heavyweights as well. And like he was right up there at the peak of the juniors with Will Ospreay. If you're talking about the rising tide, he was someone also riding that wave. He was right behind Will Ospreay. But well, he, he was one bumped. of the people rising it, right? He was unbeaten, mm. undefeated yeah. for so long. Actually, yeah, and to be fair, in the uh, Best of Super Juniors, it's like he was the one lifting that tide, and then Will Ospreay mm. rose to it to surprise everybody. <laughs> like me included, mm. I was just assuming Shingo would get this massive push. Uh, but turns out it was a really smart idea, <laughs> and Ospreay feels like a mm. megastar because of it. Um, but yeah, but for suddenly, he'll move to come in and just take it all. And, like He's the one that gets the uh, match at Wrestle Kingdom. He's the one who gets that massive spot after the amazing year that Shingo's had. It makes sense Shingo would be a little pissed. Like, he might not show it. He might try and hide it a bit. Mm. But it makes sense that he would not take that very, very well. Um, and even even though he's been a... He's, he's nominally said that he's going to wrestle as a heavyweight now. Looking back, people were saying after that junior match that they had, the the match at the best of super juniors, that this is this could be what we have at Wrestle Kingdom and... I don't think anyone would be would be bummed if that was the case. And yeah, Shingo's got to look at it now, being like, 
I did all this stuff. I, you know, I match of the year, wrestled an amazingly in the G1 as a junior, and now I hadn't even thought of Chingo's part in it. But now you bring it up, like it's so clear that he, you know, that could definitely play into whatever happens with Shingo going forward after the at the dome or after. Like I, um, yeah, I put that in the category of. The awesome Lij stories that just aren't really happening. Could happen, soon. <laughs> yeah. Could happen potentially. Who knows? <laughs> like, I really love the idea of evil. Maybe a new beginning. <laughs> <laughs> like my my story of evil gets consumed by the evil. Like, calls himself the king of darkness, but the darkness consumes him. I love that story, but they're not going to tell it. <laughs> it's just, uh, oh, and um, I thought uh, it, when they said, "Oh, did you know that evil's uh, that no Eve Shavai's dating evil." And my immediate reaction was, yeah, she turned heel ages ago. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, actual <laughs> evil. <laughs> ah, my ideas. <laughs> ah, a little, little play on words, everybody. <laughs> Just do it. But I started through it because it's the day after Christmas. Uh, anyway, uh, so I think I kind of paints the entire picture for the juniors. Really, really looking and forward to And these guys are going to shred it. Yes. These guys are going to have a they like these are two people who don't know any fear. Will Os- yes. and Will Ospreay he's only wrestling once. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't ha- he gets a night off on the 5th of January. Probably a mm. good thing they gave it to him, but that means that he's going to, you know, be wrestling knowing that tomorrow no matter what happens, he'll, you know, at worst be safe in a hospital bed. <laughs> and uh, the other part for me is in terms of predicting who's going to win. The reason, the biggest reason I've gone with Hiromu is because he has got a match the following night. It's not just any match. He's going to be in the tag team match, which will be Duty to the Liger's final match at Wrestle Kingdom. So it's kind of like, oh, it makes sense that the guy who really elevated the junior division in Duty to the Liger, it makes sense that he would be in a tag match against the current junior champion in Hiromu Takahashi. And because he's in that match, I'm like, hmm. It feels like Hiromu should win here, purely because of that. But, because it's Gado, that could be a very smart MacGuffin. <laughs> just putting the match next night, it's like, he's against Jushin. Yeah. This is, yeah, uh... and it, it, does, it does feel like Will Ospreay is moving on to the heavyweight division. I feel like that is what makes sense after what happened in the G1, after the year he's had, after the muscle mass that he's put on it. You know, he's bigger than most... <laughs> he's, he's dwarfed some of the... When he was standing toe-to-toe with Okada, he looked as big as Okada. And Okada's one of the bigger dudes in the heavyweight division. Like, I I, I feel like this could be a swan song for Okada. Sorry for Osprey in the, in the uh, junior division. And as we all know, the rumours were around that WWE were looking at Okada and wanted him because he was tall. Or oh, they see his potential... <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, so uh, Osprey is literally risen. <laughs> he is now tall. Well done, Will. <laughs> if you consider for heavyweight. Um, speaking of heavyweight and being big and mass, it's good to move on to the never open weight championship. Big lads Real doing big match. lads. Yes, <laughs> big lads doing big lad wrestling. The Tomohiro Ishii spot, which he's not got this year. Sorry, Rich Latter. It's Kenta versus Goto. Uh, Kenta feels like he's just as responsible for the current generation of the Bullet Club as Jay White is, in a way, in terms of forming their identity. Like, for me, it really clicked when Kenta mm. turned heel and joined them. Suddenly, everything made sense, the entire picture. And Kenta, as well, he's doing an amazing job of just switching everything up to be that heel character, which he was, it was to be fair, he was kind of starting to go that way in 205 Live when he asked for his release. 
So it's like he, he was, was. Pra- like like he was practicing this character for a bigger stage on a stage that no one in the com- no one high up in the company cared about. But he was practicing an amazing character, and we're getting to see it play out here. So this time, it feels like finally Kenta gets to go on a big stage and wrestle in a massive match without a concussion. Hopefully, that kind of ruined their match in Britain. But uh, the match here in Tokyo Dome, I've got massive. Uh, I felt this has got massive potential to be kind of a surprise. I, I won't say surprise, Josie. Like, I just mean it will. I'm, I'm reckoning it's going to surprise people because not. I don't know if this has got as much buzz going into it just because of who's in the match. But the really should be. <laughs> like, go to a Wrestle Kingdom always mm. delivers. Uh, Kenta, I don't think he's ever had a Wrestle Kingdom or take, like a New Japan Tokyo Dome match. He might have been in a tag. I don't think he has. Speaking about, I'm having to think like over a decade ago. My memory can't do that at the moment. <laughs> like, what did Kenta do in the 2007 Tokyo? I don't know. <laughs> I, <can't... laughs> I know they work with Evolve Japan, so I think he's fine for that year. Anyway, uh, stop going on a massive tangent. But yeah, Kenta will go. So I love Kenta's character here. Uh, Goto as well. He's kind of. It feels like he's fighting for sh- both himself and Shibata for what Kenta have done mm. to Shibata. If you don't know, uh, Goto and Shibata won the tag team championships. That, well, their Vessel Kingdom story really bounces off of each other, especially Shibata working his way up to the heavyweight division, where unfortunately we all know what happened. But uh, the massive story of Shibata earning back that respect was fighting against Go- uh, Goto, where he and Goto had a like, ball to the walls amazing Vessel Kingdom match against each other. And also, Shibata had to prove himself against Ishii at Wrestle Kingdom, but then also Goto and Shibata worked together. They finally they got on such a great page that they were able to beat, I think it was Anderson and Gallows, for the Titan Championships at Wrestle Kingdom. So, Goto and Shibata are like massive friends. They're great friends, and there's a ton of respect between the two of them. And after what Kenta did to Shibata, it makes sense that Goto will want to kick his ass. All the mm. sense in the world. Well, the thing I love about this match is for both of them, it goes back so far. Kenta and Goto haven't got a specifically a you know a sorted history together, but both of them do with Shibata, and Shibata has been heavily involved in this storyline with Kenta originally turned heel by attacking Shibata. That was the the sort of the the thing that sealed the deal. Um, that you know the the crowd was already a bit split on him, but boy, when he attacked Shibata. Well, actually, Shibata attacked him, to be fair, but <laughs> when he, when him and Shibata got into it, that's what sealed the deal with his heel turn. Um, but both of Kenta and Goto have such a history with Shibata. Goto, he, they grew up together. They were classmates at school. They wrestled in the same amateur wrestling team in Greco-Roman wrestling at school together. Um, and then there's all of the 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 stuff they did together wrestling um, in New Japan previously at Wrestle Kingdom and the history that they've got. And in the, the you know, when Goto was out of sorts, he had a really bad start to the year. You know, this time last year, he was on the pre-show for Wrestle Kingdom. Um, and to train for the G1, he got beaten by Jay White left, right and center. And to train for the G1, he went to the LA Dojo um, and trained under Shibata to prepare himself for, for the G1 and managed to, to beat to achieve his goal, beating Jay White, um, get his revenge of sorts, uh, and Kenta, Shibata and Kenta wrestled together, and you can see in their move sets how how influenced they are by one another's work. And when Kenta came to New Japan, he was supposedly going to be managed by Shibata, um, but I guess. Shibata didn't realize how Kenta had changed while he'd been away. And you're right. In I love 205 Live, and one of my favorite stretches is. Um, 
Kenta versus, sorry, the t- at the time Hideo Itami versus Mustafa Ali, and the character that Hideo Itami had is this arrogant guy who thinks he's better than everyone else, uh, and who thinks he's better than the promotion that he's in, thinks that he should be in a bigger, you know, in a bigger role than what he is, and demands respect. He kept on saying, respect me, that's what he would say. Uh, and um, Shibata didn't realise the chip that Kenta had on his shoulder, um, and when Kenta wasn't accepted by the New Japan crowd, he immediately, I guess, looked at, you know, looked at things and was like, why am I here? I am, I'm Kenta. I'm better than this, but these guys don't recognize. So I'm going to, you know, and then he joins the Bullet Club, who are the, you know, they're the the team of people who all feel like that. Jay White, that's exactly how Jay White feels like. He feels like he he should be on a bigger stage than what he is. The Gorillas of Destiny, they, well, they have, they are the, you know, they're the tag team champions now and have been for a year, but they've, you know, they were the ones that were, felt like they were, sort of overshadowed by the elite and attacked the elite last year. Uh, and and so this, you know, Kenta is a natural fit into Bullet Club there. And, of course, Shibata didn't want to see that because Shibata remembers the Kenta that he knew before Kenta had that chip on his shoulder. And that's when those two got in. And you just know in this match, this is going to be, it's going to be, incre- the crowd is going to go berserk when Shibata gets involved. And you just know mm. he's going to, he's at least going to be at ringside um, in, in Godo's corner for this. And, and there's going to be something at some stage where he gets involved. Maybe Jado is Kenta's second and Shibata, you know, decks Jado or something like that if he doesn't necessarily get into it with Kenta. Um, but, you know, this is going to be such a fun match. As we were saying earlier, you realise afterwards that all of the notes of that song were being played. The question is, mm. what song at all are they playing? <laughs> Which your yeah. Like, we've seen something, and we know something's going to happen. The question is, we just don't know what at all. There's not been enough for us to really put yeah. stuff together. We reckon shabata has got to play a role because he's been involved in the build. Mm. It makes all the sense in the world. Uh, we don't know how, in what respect, like, at all. Mm. All we know is, at the moment... The word is he's not got anything to actually wrestle properly, but a run-in where he does another awesome drop kick, not out of the question. Yes, please. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> and, and you know, like the, the build through the road to Wrestle Kingdom hasn't really shone a light on this one, I don't think. But I think that's because they've already done the heavy lifting in, in mm. terms of Kenta's involvements with Shibata. And it would, be, it would have been nice to have sealed the Goto and Shibata sort of partnership a little bit more, but I, I don't think it necessarily needed to be spoken because people who've been paying attention know um and you know these guys are kenter and as you said both of the goto never lets down at the wrestle at um wrestle kingdom unless he's on the pre-show and then you get hoodie goto and that was a bit <laughs> a bit jarring but and kenter's got something to prove you know speaking outside of the story he does have something to prove uh he never got to wrestle on the biggest stage in the WWE, really. I think he was in, like, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale, but, you know, that may as well be the job as Battle Royale for all it's become, you know. He never he never reached that pinnacle, and this is going to be the biggest stage he's wrestled on, really. Uh, and he has something to prove. And, and Goto, as you said, never lets down. These guys are going to beat the 
bejesus out of each other <laughs> in a, you know, as you said, big lads doing big things. This is a real man's match. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, the man's wrestling. <laughs> men, the yeah, wrestling the sp- for men. <laughs> yeah, the spirit of Ishii watching over them approvingly, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> uh, speaking of big, strong man match, the US heavyweight <laughs> title and everything about that. So, We've got two matches set up here which are a little bit interesting. One, we can actually kind of tie this into the tag team matches also happening on night one uh, for the second half of this. But mm. first, on night one, Lance Archer as champion, deservedly so, after an amazing G1 performance since splitting from Killer Elite Squad. I say splitting, Davy Boy went to MLW. So, nothing they could do. <laughs> but Archer's had an amazing singles one since, totally deserved this spot. Versus John Moxley, the man... When I say the Japan... Uh, their shocks and surprises are few and far between. This was a massive one for me because I remember oh. seeing the Death Rider stuff, and I was just like, uh, "I feel like the peak person it could be is someone like Chris Brooks." That was my peak expectancy. <laughs> As in, oh, uh, a British lad, a British lad that is good, but a, a British lad because we just had El Fantasmo debut. Was like, I was thinking that level, as in respected indie guy, but you know. Not the former Dean Ambrose. <laughs> when, it, when it turned out to be him, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Um, one of the true surprises for me of the year. And then he went to have such an amazing year. And it tied into his story with Kenny Omega in AW so well. That it's like, oh, just the whole picture is just fantastic. So great. And he's really cemented himself at this point in the division. Like he, and of course his stuff is shown to Umino as well. Uh, with uh, Tapler's amazing drawings of uh, the family of uh, Ambrose, Rene Young, and their new child, Shota Umino. <laughs> <It just, laughs> I, I just love that kind of storyline going on. It's like, I've got a new child. It's like, even this red shoes in the background, it's like, Shota, wait, where are you going? Like, I have a new family now, Dad. <laughs> I just love that. But short, hopefully, hopefully Shooter gets a new Death Rider jacket for Christmas, and he comes out with Moxie at Wrestle Kingdom. Steam would be through the crowd again because that's Moxley's kind of oh, chaos. I'll, I'll just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna link you something on uh, um, Instagram, on Twitter, um, mm. Imp. Because so, Shota actually um, posted uh, oh, on, on his Twitter mm. just a few minutes, um, just a, a couple of days ago, I think it was. Um, actually, it was on Christmas Day, 11 a.m. Christmas Day. Um, I received a Death Riders jacket as a gift from my master at John Moxley. Someday Ooh. I'll wear this again and be together. I will climb to the harshest mountain with this jacket, and there will be something at the end of the dream. So this is this is continuing, <laughs> and I've got to say, look, as a as someone who was an absolute, I am a diehard Dean Ambrose fan. John Moxley fan. I'm so diehard. My wife bought me Dean Ambrose undies for my birthday. Um, that's how. <laughs> that's, I mean, it was a bit of a joke, but still, the point stands. Like he is pretty much my favorite wrestler of all time. Um, so it was. It has been. You know, I've appreciated what he he's been doing um, in WWE for you know 2017, 2018, early 2019. But he has become a he was becoming a brunt of criticism of like this guy is not what we wanted and it wasn't necessarily always his fault um, but there was certainly people saying he was washed up he was you know he no longer had what once made him special and it's been so vindic man the 
the month of May and June as a wrestling fan for me, and then July, August, September during the G1 was so, felt so vindicating. I cannot describe how vindicated I felt for constantly writing for this guy. The minute he gets out, he breathes in the sweet air of freedom and goes on a tear, the likes of which, like, there was no one hotter. Will Ospreay's had an amazing year, but I feel like the peak um, of in terms of influencing the culture um, would have to be John Moxley leaving the WWE, showing up in AAW Double or Nothing, releasing that podcast with Chris Jericho, and then at the end of the week, finishing the week by winning the US strap against Juice Robinson. Um, it was just... And then that match as well, for me, that's the match of the year just because it, it felt so amazing for me emotionally. Like it was so amazing to see him so unleashed and, and so free. And yeah, it was clear that he wasn't, he was holding back in the WWE, um, you know, whether it was him intentionally or just him not feeling like he could release or him not being allowed to release everything he wanted to. Um, but that match with Juice Robinson was just such an exciting moment for me this year as a wrestling fan. And, you know, looking at this match at the Wrestle Kingdom, this is, this is a, you know, he never got that massive. He got a WrestleMania match against Brock Lesnar, which should have made him as a start, should have made him forever. But he, you know, he ran into Brock Lesnar when Brock Lesnar was training for a UFC camp, uh, training for a UFC match. And, you know, probably refused to do most of the stuff. And when we, you know, listen to the interviews. Brock Lesnar was quite disinterested in what Dean Dean at the time wanted to do. Um, so this is going to be a, a huge stage for for John Moxley um, and a chance for him to prove once again um, that on the biggest stage he was WWE missed an opportunity with him uh, and he's going up against a guy in Lance Archer who's going to be equally game to prove that you know the G one wasn't a fluke. He he's earned this spot that he's got. You know, Tomohiro Ishii doesn't have a ma- singles match. Shingo Takagi doesn't have a singles match. Minoru Suzuki doesn't have a singles match, but Lance Archer does. He's going to want to prove that he deserves that spot over those men that I've just listed, who are big names and who have had really great years um, and who would do equally well in this spot. But it's Lance Archer who's there, and these two are just going to go at it so hard. And, of course, there's... Storyline wise, there is some. There's a. There's a. You know. There's unfinished business. Moxley never lost this. Lost his belt to Archer. Um, he he was delayed by a. He was unable to wrestle because of that typhoon that happened. And same with if if you know if Archer wins um, or Moxley wins and goes up against Juice. Um, Juice in particular has unfinished business with Moxley. Um, in that you know. Juice lost the title to Mox, but then beat him, but in a non-title match. So that obviously set up something for down the line where, you know, these guys are going to square off again. And in terms of the US title, no one has represented that more over the last two years than Juice. Um, So it's kind of fitting that these two will fight and then go on to face Juice the next night um, to see who is, you know, who rightfully is the US champion. Yeah, paints the story for the entire Kiss Double Night uh, especially well. Uh, of course, in terms of like, switching it to Juice as well, uh, on night one, uh, Juice is teaming with Finley for Finn Juice as they ride high against the Grinners mm. of Destiny 
uh, as we were talking with the Kiss Boys last week, there's just that feeling that the tag team division needs to have some injection of energy from somewhere. Because <laughs> it's been mm. very samey for a couple of years now. And it, even the point of, even if Finjuice win and they become champions of the tag division, but it's over what division? <laughs> just like, there's not much of a realm for them to reign over. <laughs> it's like G.O.D., mm. And thrown together tag teams. <laughs> or for, not, not thrown together, <laughs> but like stable teams. Just two people from a stable. Not like proper tag teams like Grillers of Destiny or Gallows and Anderson or whatever. Yeah. The tag team scene is very, very barren. But yeah, Well, there's that, Evil and Sonata, but no one wants to see them as tag teams anymore. Yeah. We're all like, come on. Yeah, out of the tag division, please, for you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Become those heavyweight stars. I know you will be. <laughs> please. Uh, but it makes everything screaming that Finn Juice will win this one. Which then means mm. that Finn, that Juice Robinson goes into his match with Archer or Moxley, but I'm going to say Moxley. He goes into that match yeah, I think as, so. already as the tag team champion. Which means you've got US champion Moxley. Does that mean Juice walks away with all the gold? Or does Moxley retain and Juice still can't beat up Mox in that greater stage? Of course, there's the other thing. Moxley would have just gone through a Texas death match with Lance Archer and the Claw. <laughs> will he be able to fight back? <laughs> will he have the energy? EBD Claw. <laughs> with, the, that, oh, with that Claw. Uh, that's why it's a death match. Oh, for that Claw. Oh. <laughs> uh, also, the rules are a little bit different for that death match, and one of them that they've clearly stated is submission. So the Claw spot is happening. <laughs> it's pretty much guarantee the moment that they emphasise submission in the kind of results of the. If I'm right, there is no pinfall. I thought it was like count out or submission, if I'm right. So, uh, there, yeah, the claw is going to happen. But what what amount of energy will Moxley have after a match like that? And Juice Robinson's mm. coming in just from a tag team match. He's going to be so much fresher than John Moxley on mm. that second night. But, as we all know, Moxley, when he gets heated, he can stay at, he can stay at that level. Mm. So when he comes in, he's going to be hyped. Whilst Juice... Uh, well, to be fair, with the history between them, they'll both be amped, they'll be hyped. This is not billed as a death match, but I reckon it's going to be just as violent. It's going to be... The two of them are going to really go at each other. Finally, with all of that build that's happened, where they weren't able to have mm. their match, someone else won their title. But finally, on that second night of Wrestle Kingdom, they get to truly go at it. And it feels like all three people involved in this have earned that spot over the course of this year. And it's kind of like a little yep. thank you to all of them. So that's kind of like awesome to see them get this nice little program. And I think Juice is the right person to go with long term. Um, for I think Juice and Finlay in the tag division is great because they're a fun. Like Juice is a fun character, right? Yeah. There's not many other wrestlers who you know. He's not a comedy wrestler, but he's a fun wrestler. Um, he he can put it on like he can have those banger real man matches and um, when he needs to, but. He's also a, he's a fun guy. He's a fun character. He's a fun guy to get behind. He's got great pro, an amazing promo. Probably the best English promo in New Japan, um, and that's why I think he's he's important for the US title for this US expansion they're going to do. I think they're going to make Juice the center of that. Obviously, you'll have your you know in these US shows, you'll probably have tag matches with like the likes of Okada or Naito Tanahashi to sort of bolster the and give it some name value. But I think Juice is going to be the centerpiece of this US division. Um, it's what they've tried to do with him so many times. They gave him the match with Cody, um, the matches with Cody to try and sort of skyrocket him and boost him up. And I think this is actually going to do that uh, because John Moxley doesn't have an injury. 
uh, and 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 it's the kind of and having I don't know having that double champ status would actually be something quite cool and and it gives Juice also a sidekick to play off in in David Finlay. Yeah, if, and Finlay at the moment feels like a perfect sidekick, especially with yeah, his super charismatic Juice because he's so charismatic as well. Yeah. As we're saying, he's fun. He's, mm. His outfits are uh, flamboyant. Oh, flamboyant amazing. Fit, yeah. amazing. <laughs> flamboyant is a good nickname for him. <laughs> just, I love yeah. this one, as the latest one, where it's like a Serbian supermodel. <laughs> it's quite... I don't want to call it. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting one. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, it feels like this will be a great way to really give Juice some momentum. It's not out of the question mm. for Moxley to attain either. So his contract for AEW does allow him to return to New Japan for those bigger matches and defend the title. But not not matches in America, though, which Correct. I think is the problem. Yeah. Like, you want your US yeah. champion to be able to wrestle in the US. <laughs> <laughs> which is, like, the biggest difference for me is Juice Robinson is, as a champion, you can actually build something there for the America shows. Because the biggest difference is this year, New Japan are starting their US shows. I don't know what level they're going to be at, my substance production they've been working on is going to be at quite a good level, hopefully. That's been the worry, because their last show was actually really good quality, but their show beforehand was pretty crap in terms of production. Yeah, uh, so. it looks like arena size, they're, they're aiming for mm. something a little bit below AEW, so they're looking at you know yeah. the one to 2,000 seater arenas. But yeah, the production-wise is... That's where we need to see an improvement from New Japan. They need a they need a set crew and a crew of professionals who know how to shoot wrestling. Because the American shows, since they've got rid of Ring of Honor, have been really janky. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but the last show that they did, I can't, I don't know if they did fly over their talent, but that was done really well. So where it was uh, Lance Archer versus David Finlay, like that one was done really really well. So hopefully that was them having learnt their lessons and actually invested between the two shows. But we'll wait and see what their actual production is like for these US shows. Uh, how much are they genuinely investing in this? So, But yeah, because of that, you're going to want your US champion to be able to wrestle on said shows. Which makes all the sense in the world for Juice Robinson to get that moment. And then you can do Juice versus Archer. You've got uh, David yeah, Finley. Yeah, absolutely. Great, but- great, great, great way to start things. Yeah. Like a great feud to start things, a new beginning feud, even just put them straight, plug mm. them straight back in together. Yeah, and I'm not going to write out Will Osprey either, who's really elevating outside of that. Oh, <laughs> just I to... hadn't even thought of that, but that's a great idea. Like, I don't know to what level because I don't know if they see him as even higher than that, or if they see him like he could really help out with that US title scene mm. on those shows in America. Like, I don't know what level they see him, see him as. He's tagging with Okada in the Road to Tokyo Dome, so. Pretty high, I think it's fair to say. <laughs> it does a pretty high expensive for him. Um, but yeah, there's quite a few roads you could go down, but Juice as champion makes the most sense because you can use the man. <laughs> it's, it's more of a... It's like, oh yeah, that's pretty blatant yep. when you think about it. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. Right, next up. Well, and he's, oh, as we said, he's so charismatic and so... Hmm. Like, the promo game is so important in America and he, he's the best promo they got. Yeah. Anyway, oh, we, we, we need to move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, looks at the time. Oh, crap. <laughs> so, uh, next up, Jericho versus Tanahashi. So, Y2J versus the ace of New Japan. So, short, long story short, I see this as Tanahashi once again defending his kingdom against the yep. evil outside influence. He's been the defender of New Japan for so long. He has saved them from literal death. Uh, he is like, not a god, but he's the hero of New Japan. He's their ace. The ace of the universe. But Jericho is on a tear. 
And Tanahashi, if I'm right, is the last of the big lot of New Japan of this current era. I guess, aside from Ibushi, but I don't see any reason for him to attack Ibushi. Uh, these, he's, he's gone after the kind of identity of New Japan one by one in Kenny Omega, who's representing them in the States, moving to Naito, mm. to Okada, and now finally Tanahashi of a veteran versus veteran, legend versus legend. Uh, yes, that's what I kind of see it as. Jericho is going after the, the the core of New Japan in Tanahashi, and Tanahashi's there to defend his kingdom once again, with the side caveat that came out this week of Tanahashi saying if he beats Jericho, he would then like to challenge for this AEW championship and kind of be the kind of force which then suddenly... Because like, there's, there's, it's not kind of a secret that the, the two companies aren't particularly in conjunction with each other right now. And when you look at them announcing their US shows, suddenly that kind of makes a little bit of sense where they might have wanted to use the Elite to really push that, but the Elite went off on their own. Uh, so it makes sense that Tanahashi was like, no, I could be the one to kind of save that kind of relationship a little bit, and I would like to challenge Joko for the championship. So, like, oh, he's even found a awesome ace babyface Tanahashi way to make it sound like an awesome idea. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're so good, Tana. <laughs> I can't not like any of your hey, ideas. <laughs> I'm not against it, but Tana's going to have to go through John Moxley to get that number one contender's uh. position, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But in terms of predictions and things, that's where the story for me, it does make sense for Tanahashi to win. That doesn't mean I expect or definitely want them to follow through with Tanahashi's promise. They don't need to. That's fine. But normally New Japan, if somebody, say, if somebody says something publicly, normally it's them sowing the seeds for something. That, uh, mm. Right. <laughs> that doesn't mean it's going to happen like anytime soon, but they sow the seeds, that kind of thing. This could just be Tanahashi trying to pull in the Western fans by mentioning AEW. It could just be as simple as that. But uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is a this is a similar sort of build to what Omega and Tanahashi had last mm. year actually, except I think it's a bit more explicit and probably a little bit better suited for the Y2J character of like this is Tanahashi protecting his style of wrestling from the corrupting American influence that um, you know, that Chris Jericho, I think, represents far more than Kenny Omega. Um, you know, Chris Jericho was at in WWE at the peak of the Attitude Era and, you know, was in that company for so long. Uh, and since he's come to New Japan, has sown nothing but chaos um, in terms of the way he's bloodied Omega and shows up at the, you know, jumps jumps the barricades at the crowd. He does these things that don't happen in New Japan. Um and this is him coming up against like sort of the final protector of the New Japan, I don't know, fount of New Japan's <laughs> pure wrestling. <laughs> you know, Judas, Judas, this Judas character that you know Chris Jericho represents wants to get in and poison the well and poison this beautiful pristine fountain that been and Tanahashi's the last gatekeeper of it. <laughs> and then there's yeah, I, I think this AEW thing is it's a really interesting caveat to put on, although like sometimes, you know, they just say stuff. And, <laughs> you know, like who's the mole in chaos? <laughs> and, um, and and you know, they don't they don't necessarily follow up on it. But that would be cool if, if Tanahashi could could mend that mend that feud and mend that bridge, so to speak, and would wouldn't it be great for AEW if that happened? What a what a thing to put on um something that's totally different to anything that else that's happening in American pro wrestling. 
these guys have Hiroshi Tanahashi, the greatest, the great, the wrestler of the decade for New Japan, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and I think the the most important, at least the most important figure for New Japan in the last twenty years, um, wrestling against their champion. And like with the uh, for Chris Jericho, it's like he's it's like he's started playing Dark Souls or Bloodborne, where he's uh, d- going there to fight the demons of this beautiful land, and just like Dark Souls, he's lost against all of them. <laughs> so he's he's putting a good effort, <laughs> but he's but he's uh, left his mark on them. <laughs> he's left his mark on them. <laughs> yes, uh, but he's like. And every time he returns, you feel his influence in the New Japan world, even though he's like, yeah, he's losing every one of his matches. But that his mark has been left. And he's kind of like changed directions of characters as well. Uh, unless, unless kind of literal with The Fiend in WWE, where the folk that he fights, like literally they'll revert back to a former version of their characters. Like he's having a massive influence. Jericho's is a lot more subtle. But you can see the marks that he's had, be it positive in terms of Naito overcoming him or negative in terms of, I guess, Kenny Omega dipping down to the well or uh, Okada uh, being open to cheat against him type of thing. Is that his own medicine? To be fair, Okada's always been fine to go heel, which is the other part about Tanahashi. If he ever needs to do those heelish tactics, he doesn't shy away from it. He will go full heel. He's perfectly fine with that. So... That's a really interesting element that I'm expected to see against with Jericho Tanahashi. Like when Jericho tries to dip into the well, Tanahashi doesn't give a crap. He's going to rise up anyway. So that's that's something I'm really interested in seeing. Tanahashi is like the man who can't be poisoned, essentially. And that's what Jericho's trying to do. And just like Dark Souls again, he's uh, I'm expecting him to get his ass kicked. <laughs> just Tanahashi, mm. Tanahashi to defend the kingdom once again. Uh I don't because it's one of those. It's been quite a short told story, as it's been told since Dominion, or I guess a bit longer if you're looking at the entirety of Jericho's arc. Mm. It was always going to end up on Tanahashi, but the building from Dominion, it's been a, a spot now and then sprinkled across those remaining months, and they've not really interacted that much. But it's been enough to sow the seeds and tie it up to Vessel Kingdom and the Joker. And the, as you're saying, the story is so similar to Kenny Omega. It doesn't take much to kind of tell that story. And of course, Tanahashi, that flows on from Kenny Omega, of he's still defending the kingdom against the Western influence, mostly because you look at New Japan and look at what the fans are saying in Japan. That is a genuine concern about the Western influence in New Japan. So it makes sense to mm. literally do a match about that on the show. Like It's like, yes, it's reading what the room and what's happening and just painting your own story using all of that information. But, and of yeah, course, this you have year the there was, um, This year there was, you know fan backlash in japan for the the shows they were doing in the united states saying you know are we are these guys getting worn out on these american shows you're not giving every giving enough to your japanese fans and i think that's you know if you look at the cards that were that were handed out to americans except for the g1 supercard you're not really you know busting anyone too hard on the the american cards except which was you know the g1 supercard was an incredible thing in madison square garden like an incredible historic thing so of course they're going to go all out but uh yeah but that's a genuine feeling that they have there you know there's there's fans there that do feel like the western influence is you know maybe not completely ruining but certainly um corrupting a little bit their their wrestling that they love and their promotion that they love. And this is a perfect story to tell in it for the second year in a row. It still works. Yep. It still makes sense. It's still relevant. Yep. Uh, and of course, you, yeah, 
And of course, he still have to have Tanahashi win. He defends his kingdom. He doesn't have to set up mm. an AW match, but it yeah sets up Tanahashi defending his kingdom once more. And it's kind of like a... I, I said it last year, but that, that, that farewell spot. I said last time because it was the last match of the era, which has become Tanahashi's era. But now in the new Reiwa era, the message still works if you have Tanahashi defending his kingdom once more on the grand stage at the start mm. of the era, whilst the other guys are now main eventing, cementing that this is theirs. Like in Naito, mm. Jay White, Okada and Ibushi. Like it still works. He defends the kingdom whilst the others are the ones who are able to rise up because Tanahashi is there defending them at the gate. It's like, oh, I love that. <laughs> it works really, really well. Mm. Right. So we have talked about the tag team match. Uh, the tag team uh, junior match, just to quickly blast through that, which I can't remember what it is. Does Sam happen to have it up? Uh, it's, um, isn't it ALP and Ishimori against Shoenyo? It is. I don't know why I've not written it With down. With Yo yes. trying for the, is it the fourth time? Third time. At least remember. the third time to, to finally mm. win at Wrestle Kingdom. Yes. Because last year they lost they, they to previously the young... lost. Yeah, they lost. Yeah. Last year they lost in the four-way um, to, I think it was Kanemaru and Desperado, actually. Hmm. Uh, and then the year before that they lost to the Young Bucks. Uh, yes. Not sure about Wrestle Kingdom 11, sorry. But they, were they even back for Wrestle Kingdom 11? I don't know. No, they, I don't think so. They were still Young Lions then. Yeah, they were on the excursion. But yeah, they've tried twice to win at win at Wrestle Kingdom and they have failed and this is the third time's a charm hopefully against you know the Bullet Club team of Taiji Ishimori and ALP who are exactly like Kenta and exactly like JY <laughs> just these <laughs> perfect pricks you know yeah. <laughs> just know how to but also can put on I mean that's the thing I love about New Japan is you have these heels who are intensely unlikable, but when it comes to it, they get the job done in the ring anyway. It's still great matches. It doesn't. You don't have to have a crap match to get booed in New Japan. Yeah, I, I, another asset that I really, really love about how they build these uh, characters and things and stables. That's mm. that's what I'm about and things because they feed into the identity of Bullet Club so well. Uh, as we said, with mm. Jay White and Kenta kind of at the top, kind of cementing that image, and these kind of they paint it even more. So, like, oh yes, it's I love it. It's mm. great. Uh, with Rapungi 3K, they for them this feels like this is the time. As Sam was saying, third, second, fourth, whatever it is, <laughs> Tom's the time for them to win at Wrestle Kingdom. Steph, it's third. <laughs> it's third. <laughs> yeah, so third time's a charm to win at Wrestle Kingdom. After I think they lost to the Young Bucks in a singles match, and then they lost in the four way. Yep. So, yeah, yep. they've had a tough time of it. But, of course, it's another one where if you look over the course of the year, especially in their singles run as well with the Best of Super Juniors, they really rose and show even got a uh, he got a championship match of some sort. I think it was a, it's one of... I can't remember what it was. On, on the US shows, show contested for one of the titles. <laughs> Whichever one it was, I can't remember. But in the singles matches, show comes out like an absolute star. It's like, such a beast as well. And it's awesome to Hey, he he won. He he won that um bodybuilding competition. Uh, he beat Tanahashi and an Ibushi for bodybuilding. <laughs> and he's a junior. For those not in the loop who don't follow who don't follow everything New Japan does, they uh, had a bodybuilding competition amongst the wrestlers before the uh before one of the recent um Road to Wrestle Kingdom shows and show um show won handsomely. Um mm. over you know, over the likes of 
Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi, and uh, funnily enough, Peter as well, um, another Bullet Club member. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be fair, shows Twitter has more skin than Peter's. <laughs> like, he's, he's, he shows off. <laughs> So, he's yeah. a he is a beast though. I, I actually like. I think aside from Robbie Eagles, who obviously he's my number one, my number one guy um, in the junior division. I think Show is my second favorite. Uh, my second favorite junior. I just I just mm. love his intensity, and he he wants to be bigger than he is. Um, he's a small he's a small guy in a uh, sorry he's a big man in a small man's body <laughs> yes <laughs> oh, and he's another one of those guys where his theme tune just gets stuck, stuck in my head what's it theme tune his entrance theme it gets stuck in my head whenever I hear it does that yes but yeah as a wrestler as well he his best super genius kind of cemented what he can do in that zone and he really really made it name for himself in that tournament to be fair it was a fantastic tournament so many great matches. Like, even, like, with Osprey Rocky Romero, it was a le- legit match of the year contender for me. <laughs> like, there was such consistency <laughs> in that tournament. It was just, to be fair, Will Osprey in that tournament was seemingly having match of the night every round, which is insane <laughs> to kind of think about with that consistency. But yeah, Show really stepped up to the plate. He felt like a megastar in that tournament. Uh, Show versus Shingo is like, two, the two big Yeah, lads. I was just about <laughs> to mention that. I was just about to mention that one. That is a great match. But that was like the show stepping up against another big lad. Because, of course, show is like one of the big guys of the junior division. So he's mostly facing smaller folk. But in this case, though, Shingo was a pure muscle kind of match for him <laughs> to really show uh, like, just how strong and beefy he is. But he's got even stronger and beefier since then. <laughs> so he's, he's pulling a Will Ospreay where he's getting bigger and bigger. And soon enough, he's going to be a little bit too big for those juniors. And he can finally move on. Uh, he feels like a bigger star for the future. Like everything is screaming mm. that he's got massive potential, uh, and this is like a winning a tag team match with Yo at Wrestle Kingdom feels like the perfect way to kind of cement like an, uh, the early part of their careers. As in, they had this amount yeah. of success, and this is what shows they had this success. This was their peak moment uh, before you launch Show into the stratosphere. Make him like they could do yeah. the same pattern as Osprey. To be fair. Just have him win I the feel like title and I feel like up. this year's going to be the uh, they're going to be tagged they're going to be tagging mm. for a little bit more. Um, I suspect Robbie Eagles is going to be the the junior for, the Chaos Junior for at least the first six months or so. But yeah, I I see a lot of photos on social media of Sho and Yo hanging out with Tanahashi, which uh, that speaks well and that mm. speaks volumes for what their potential is and what the company may think of them in terms of the company that they're keeping um, within the New Japan locker room. Yeah, uh, that's kind of all I want to say on that one, really. Uh, Yeah, the future versus the dickhead present. (laughs) It's really (laughs) what this is. Uh, Just two more matches to quickly bat through before we sign off. Uh, Yes, we've gone over our time, but we'll go to a finish, damn it. It's overtime. (laughs) So, uh, first off... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so first off he's just come out and he's gone you, we're getting yeah. a finish from you we're not going to a dead heat <laughs> yeah <laughs> so first off is the Rev Pro British Championship I can't not talk about the British Championship <laughs> surely with me of all people uh, ZSJ Zack Sabre Jr defending against Sanada and every other time I would expect ZSJ to win however just one name will paint the picture of maybe not Boris Johnson. If you saw his, <laughs> his promo, it's Boris 
Johnson. Boris Toffin Johnson. <laughs> and it, I loved how in the G1, the, the fact that he kept bringing him up painted the picture that the reason he was struggling <laughs> it was because Boris Johnson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a kind word. <laughs> it explains that same Virginia's state of mind. Now he is the permanent prime minister and conservatives won across the country stealing Labour seats. Zack Sabre Jr. should be at the most broken we've ever seen him <laughs> in New Japan. Well, he wrestling. did just lose to Bushi. Oh, dear. <laughs> he lost a singles match to Bushi. Oh, and that should paint the picture. Yes, it is a kind of setup for Wrestle Kingdom, but it makes sense that Zack Sabre Jr. would be the, a broken man come Wrestle Kingdom. So even though it's the British Championship, even though it's Zack Sabre Jr. and him and the British Championship are kind of becoming, I've forgotten what the word is, but synonymous, like one and the same with each other. Uh, But because of outside circumstances, which generally do influence the ZSJ character, I wouldn't be surprised if Sonada wins. And I I can partly say that because Hasukit will get more Sonada (laughs) as well. We've got Shota Umino. Now we're going to get Sonada as well. We get all the great ones. (laughs) All ours. (laughs) But it makes sense. ZSJ would be broken by those outside circumstances and Sanada would be there to sweep up the pieces and win a champion, win a single championship at Wrestle Kingdom. And in terms of the continued build for Sanada to kind of switch it to him, that makes the most sense to have him win a singles championship at Wrestle Kingdom and cement the fact that he has done that before like an even bigger stage next year. Yeah, that's what I, I was just about to say with Sonata, that this is very much in sync with what his his trajectory this year um, in terms of how he's stepped up as a singles competitor. Uh, last year, him and Evil were in the tag team, um, the tag team match, and the and they won the tag team match, actually. Um, but this year, Sonata has really shined as a single star, particularly having a rival with, Koda, with uh, Kazuchika Okada, that uh, saw him actually pick up a win over the IWGP heavyweight champion when they fought in the G1. Um, he didn't win the rematch that they had uh, later on in the year at uh, Power Struggle, but he has progressively advanced as a singles competitor, and these two all, always have really great matches together. They, um, The way that they gel and wrestle is it's, it's really old school, actually, in the way that they grapple, but where Sonata's character has sort of had a banner year and really grown over the year, Zack Sabre Jr. has, if anything, regressed. Uh, you know, he, the year before last, he was tapping out everyone. Um, and then this year, he ended it by losing a singles match to Bushi in a roll-up, a, a junior in a roll-up, the, the kind of thing that he would normally do to other wrestlers. So, um, you know, it paints the picture of a champion who is has all the tools but is distracted as you say um so yeah this will be an interesting match and then you know there was backstage reasons that bushi wrestled instead of sonata on that and there's a rumor that sonata may have been sonata may be injured and the bushi may get thrown in the last minute so that's why they did that quick win to give them that option but you know from the storyline perspective this is a zach saber is a regardless of if he wrestles Sonata or Bushi. He's a guy who's going to be distracted and who's not had the greatest year, but I guess has a chance to get this year off to a better start. Mm. Uh, just in terms of like predictions and things, if Sonata does get subbed in for Bushi, just in case, because it would suck if the injury does prevent him, because they're resting him. Mm. Uh, paid an option just in case he can't. But uh, yes, yeah, so I would sw- I would switch it 
if if Bushi is the better because Zack Sabre Junior, hundred percent, yeah, <laughs> he can beat Bushi at Wrestle Kingdom on the big stage, but he will be too distracted to beat Sanada. That's my prediction. Mm. <laughs> Just to wrap it up, yeah, I completely agree. Bushi's not beating Zack Sabre Junior at the <laughs> Wrestle Kingdom. No, no, no chance. Um, he uh, and, and that would change the story as well. To I guess Zack Sabre enacting a small part of revenge uh, on, on, on for his part. But I think the... I, I really hope Sonata does get better because I I'd lo- I really like Zack Sabre Jr. He he plays a... You know, he's not in Bullet Club. He's in Suzuki Goon. But he plays... He also plays a... You know, being a bit of a prick um, very well. <laughs> being a real temperamental... A real... Really temperamental. Really... Um, you know, has a has a short temper, really childish almost in how he acts, and I I like his work, and he's a really good, really good against Sonata. Excuse me. Hmm. And that brings us nice and ni- nice and nicely. Uh, <laughs> I'll use it; it's fine. <laughs> uh, to the final thing to talk about, the, these two nights are also the final nights of Jushin Thunder Liger's career. He wraps it up after the end of this Vessel Kingdom. So it's the end of his goodbye tour, which we've seen... We've been on a road of the best of Duty and Thunder Liger, this entire build all the way up, with... Uh, I forgot what they call it. Is it Kishin? Where he's the evil version of him, and he can go crazy and yep, hardcore. Kishin and he'll, Liger. Yeah, he'll stab your eyes out. <laughs> that kind of Liger. Well, like, he tried crazy. to kill Minoru Suzuki. Yeah. He's trying to stab him with a, with a spike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we've also seen just... Like all, if it's in all the different versions, if I'm not, I think I saw him on the road to Tokyo Dome as uh, yes, uh, uh, well, and um, was it Black Liger where he's in full yep. the full black gear as well? That was on the road. I'm trying to Ouch. think because there's so many different versions of Liger. I'm like, have I forgotten one? <laughs> Which he will pull out for Vessel Kingdom, unless he well, is. Well, I've got in... the New Japan card game, and there's a white Liger. There's all sorts of different Ligers. They've currently got like a special edition set of Liger cards that you can. Uh, you basically got to buy. There's a lot of microtransactions. I'm a bit suspect <laughs> about the, the, this game, but <laughs> there's, there's there's certainly a lot of different versions of Liger that you can <laughs> that they could pull out. I don't. I think you're just going to get yeah. traditional Liger here. Mm. This is this is a celebration of the man, um, the great man, the great. And I'm not the greatest wrestling historian. Like I don't know as much as a lot of people, mm. but. Um, the name Jushin Thunder Liger is a name that means a lot, particularly for the style of wrestling that has come to the fore, the the really highly athletic style of wrestling um, that is what dominates the the majority the 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 main event, particularly in America uh, at the moment. Um, guys like Kenny Omega, guys like Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole, Tommaso Ciampa, Seth Rollins. They're, they all owe a massive debt. Daniel Bryan, they all owe a massive debt to Jushin Thunder Liger um, and the way that he influenced wrestling um, in his matches in the ni- in the you know in the eighties and the nineties. Uh, and he has wrestled everywhere. He's wrestled in WCW. He's wrestled in <laughs> he wrestled in NXT. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is yeah. yeah. This is a tribute to to one of the absolute legends of not just New Japan, but of pro wrestling, the pro wrestling industry. And to serenade him goodbye, on the first night we've got a multi-man tag match full of names and legends of uh, times gone by. With like the heights of uh, Fujinami, who was like the guy in the 80s, or one of like the top guys in all of wrestling in Japan in the 80s, uh, all the way to 
El Samurai, who was one of the more notable names against Juicy Thunder Liger in that kind of peak of the juniors in the 90s. Uh, all the way to uh, the peak of today in Taguchi. <laughs> With, uh, the, <laughs> funky <Taguchi>. weapon. <laughs> the funky weapon who's reverted back to being a horse person. <laughs> he's, uh, he's living his best life. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just all massive names of days gone by and Taguchi, <laughs> who is also there. <laughs> just, uh, oh, he's a, he's a big name in his own right, to be fair. Yeah. And mm. and he's there to hold the match together, right? Like yeah. this is a match that's a showcase. Of course, Jushin Thunder Liger is going to get the pin, of course. But it, it's it's going to be about the the um the pageantry of it, the entrances, the these men who have sordid histories facing off against one another, um, and ultimately celebrating Liger. And and yeah, I think Taguchi's in there to. Keep 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 things together and hold things together and and be the glue um, that that keeps the match together. Yeah, so it's a, a nice serenading, a nice goodbye to Jushin Thunder Liger to truly celebrate him. I don't know which night will be more emotional, this one or the second night. They could both be. His last match at uh, Rio Gokukuguki again was like we faced Suzuki, and afterwards it was just a, a ton of respect shown to him. Whether it's the fans like standing ovation, chanting his name for like a full five minutes or something. Uh, I'll expect something similar here. Just a, a massive ovation for Liger as we say goodbye to him. Mm. With a, uh, I'm assuming, fun tag match. That's the peak I'm looking for, <laughs> really. Mm. It's say goodbye to Liger, have it not be nice and emotional, and the match is at least watchable. <laughs> That's my peak. <laughs> That's mm. what I'm going for. <laughs> yeah, with a lot of quite older wrestlers. That's the bar <laughs> I look for. If you look at Mexican wrestling <laughs> where they have those Legends versus Legends matches and they're questionable <laughs> to say the least often up for worst match of the year <laughs> in those categories yeah if they can beat that then well done they're, they're early on in the show as well they're not going to be like spotlighted later in the card because they're legends like no they understand the card structure of this they're, they're going to be in there with the other tag matches at the start of the first night and same with the second night as well and that brings us to the end of our preview where we've dived a little bit more into the stories of Wrestle Kingdom 14 uh, last week we did the look at the shows and next week will be I guess the emotional tie to it all with the hardcore Night of Supporter <laughs> gave a great cash from Fair Shop Radio that's going to be a really fun show Yeah, but uh, thank you for to Sir Sam for popping on uh, late night in Australia not late night late in the evening <laughs> in Australia on Boxing Day to talk over Wrestle Kingdom 14 always a pleasure always a pleasure um, as I said at the start you can check out my my columns on lordsofpain.net currently doing the stories that define a decade series uh, about to release tomorrow the shield one so really looking forward to that as you as i said i absolutely ride or die for Don, for dean ambrose and he's a big part of that column of course uh, and you can also follow me on twitter at sir underscore samuel um, yeah, I'll be watching Wrestle Kingdom live. So if you're watching too, please follow me or, or just at me and love to have any conversations you want about Wrestle Kingdom. I'm pumped. I've got the next two weeks off it. I'm currently going to be studying um, Okada and Tanahashi's rivalry. So that'll get me in the in the spirit for Wrestle Kingdom. And then, you know, it's as I said, this is the best time of the year to be a wrestling fan. Uh, also, you can follow me on Twitter at the Dam Implicat. I will be well, doing it live as well. Also, if already plugged on LOP Radio, we'll, we'll have LOP Radio Aftershock over after both Wrestle Kingdom shows. I am preparing myself for them 
to maybe fall and not be able to do everything. So I'm kind of the core carrying that show is the way I'm expected <laughs> to have to go into it with two <laughs> knackered Americans. <laughs> That's how it goes. Uh, but yeah, after both Aftershock shows, it'd be the special trio of Kingdom of Honor and Imp's Radio Adventures just coming together. Uh, as I said already as well, next week I'll be joined by Kayfabe Raycash on Jazz Shark Radio to talk about Kingdom 14 two days before the show itself, or the first show itself, themselves. Yeah. But please do check out the other shows on NOP Radio. Uh, tomorrow we've got the right side of the pond, we're continuing their new gen series. Uh, then we haven't got anything this weekend because we're getting ready for Wrestle Kingdom. The Monday Kingdom of Honor with Jamal and Jeff talking Ring of Honor, MLW, what have you. Uh, Tuesdays is a global revolution. Wednesdays is planned sports entertainment is dead, which is on a mini Christmas holiday break, and then we'll be going into its final run in January at some point. Planners plugged it. Follow him. Look at him on Twitter. Lop Plan. Can't remember <laughs> what date he's returning <laughs> to do his final run, uh, but that'll be wrapping up with Plan's retirement. So say uh, say thank you to Plan or whatever, or or just goodbye. Will we have a tag <laughs> match for Plan? Have um have Ooh, him face good. all his old rivals, so you could have Mazza and Prime Time on the <laughs> on the other side, and he could tag with Shinobi and Sheepster and Mav. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah. a, a thank you plan thing. It's just like juice, like juice, with all the different versions of plan. <laughs> just like oh, oh I hate oh. <laughs> Oh, just a show talking about how great New Gen is, a show talking about how crap NXT styles of wrestling is. <laughs> it's all of all this type of plan. A show talking about Seth Rollins. <laughs> <laughs> so that all. Oh, uh, so yeah, on a little break, he'll be returning on Wednesdays. And I've already plugged my show for next Thursday as well. Already plugged the Wrestle Kingdom stuff. Already plugged the end of year, my own columns, what have you. And I feel like it's perfect time to wrap up on Boxing Day. I'm going to enjoy time. Oh, with my one family. more plug. One oh, more plug in. Oh, we forgot. My birthday bash in January. Oh, sh- shoot, yes. <laughs> where we're going to be. So when the when the uh, the votes come in for the end of year, we're going to be doing a special podcast to announce the announce the results mm. before we put out the results on lordsofpain.net. So check out that around about the 11th, I think, or the 12th, actually. Yeah, the 12th. Yeah, 12th. That's yes. when it's being released. We're recording on the 11th. It's to be released on the 12th. That was so it, yes. <laughs> keep an eye out for that. My birthday uh- bash. <laughs> and uh, thank you for listening to all of this show uh, we'll, I'll be back next week uh, so Sam will be back when he's just plugged on the 12th <laughs> he said 11th again <laughs> and... or if you, if you send out the bat signal if Zanman and Jeff can't do it I guess I'll dust off the microphone and <laughs> and uh, do, a, do, a, do a Wrestle Kingdom review just like old times <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when it comes to the yeah, when, when, um, with a warning it'll just say if one of them dies so Sammy's ready <laughs> it's fine it just probably does <laughs> I don't right. hope for it to happen if if they die don't come looking for me like I'm in a different country it's not just I don't I don't love the Wrestle Kingdom pre post shows that much like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but with that we bid you adieu with smiles and happiness <laughs> that we bid you adieu adios <laughs> And that's the end of the YouTube stream, but if you're listening on the podcast, you know, I've got the extra little fun thing where I'll sign off and then I'll Woo-hoo! play the theme tune. Woo! Oh, one last thing, thing Imp. Yeah. One last thing. I've finally come around on Jay White's beard. Oh, <laughs> oh the... <laughs> it's taken a full year <laughs> to get used to it. <laughs> my own saga, my own story. <laughs> <laughs> From, oh my God, what is that, Jay? Get rid of it, to, oh, now you look weird without <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> like my like when I first grew my beard, now I 
when I shaved it off once at university and I didn't like it. I was like, nope, keeping the beard. <laughs> it's a thing now. <laughs> oh, see, little bonus that's... conversation for the podcast listeners. A strong bonus conversation. Totally worth <laughs> <laughs> the conversation. Anyway. Worth uh, the extra two minutes. <laughs> also, I'll play the theme tune for the podcast people. So, with Ten. that... <laughs> what? I don't even need to play it anymore. <laughs> it just, <it's> like a... <laughs> anyway, uh, with that, I bid you adieu. Uh, thank you for listening. Adios. Ten.